You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Tyler Stringfellow. And today, guys, we have a fantastic episode in store for you. We're going to be breaking down the Celtics' Game 1 victory over the over the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, as well as previewing what both teams will need to do for Game 2. We're then going to jump over to the MLB and talk about one of the wildest fantasy football uh, it, you know, controversies going on. It's going on in the MLB, and it's involving the MLB's best player, Mike Trout. Uh, he's getting involved in this whole sweepstakes, so we'll have to, uh, you know, give you the update on that. And then finally, we'll be wrapping things up on today's show by breaking down uh, the terrific career of one Ryan Fitzmagic Fitzpatrick. Unfortunately, he's retiring after 17 seasons in the NFL. We'll give you our thoughts on that, as well as who we think will, could be in line to replace him as the people's favorite across the NFL. Obviously, Tyler, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Welcome back to the show, man. Glad to have you back on. How have you been? Um, I've been good, you know, life has just been going on, working, internship, um, spending time with family, and then um, just kind of just kind of relaxing. I mean, it's been it's been a long, rough year for me, uh, school wise, swimming wise, edge of life. So um, it's nice to sit back, relax after like work and stuff like that, watch some TV and just watch some sports and just 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 hang out and watch the Celtics absolutely take it to the Warriors, but yeah. only in the final like quarter but you know yeah no no so honestly throughout this entire game you know going into game one uh you know I was I was pretty nervous going into game one I thought the Warriors were gonna just roll up was just gonna roll over us and you know I actually didn't get a chance to watch the uh first couple minutes of the game I was actually at my brother's graduation ceremony last night shout out to Pat obviously congrats on uh on making it out of high school it wasn't Um, great yeah, I, but listen, I, 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 we end up going out to dinner around, uh, you know, we get into like the restaurant about like halfway through the first quarter. And I see the score at, at that point is 22 to like 25. And I was like, oh, it's respectable so far. Okay, we're in a decent position. And I watched it up, up about until, you know, maybe halfway through the fourth quarter. And then, you know, I had to get up and then was kind of just checking things on my phone throughout the night. By the time we were getting ready to go. It looked like the, it looked like uh, my worst fears had come true, and those and the Warriors were just you know steamrolling the Celtics. They were just unstoppable. Uh, the Celtics were just bricking shots, and it was not looking good for us. And then all of a sudden, everything clicked. We went on Clark a Clark. seven. It was unbelievable. We went on a seventeen to zero run and just absolutely came back and just devoured the Warriors in the in the late fourth <clears throat> quarter. Uh, I was not expecting it. Uh, it was awesome. And then, you know, we ended up winning the game 100, 120 to 108. Uh, great game for the Celtics. And, you know, we'll talk about some of the, you know, uh, inner workings of the game. But, Tyler, just your thoughts on the comeback in general. What, what what was going through your mind when that was happening? Well, as I mentioned in the beginning of these, the game, I wasn't very too – I wasn't too confident. Um, they, they – like you said, the score was like 25, 22. Curry had 21, I'm pretty sure, of those 22 points. <laughs> But um, Curry, Curry was shooting lights out. When uh, Clay was shooting, he was he was pretty much making everything. Um, Pool, Pool, and Wiggins. Wiggins was playing pretty good defense. Um, Wiggins, um, Jordan Pool wasn't playing too well, but um, Draymond Green was doing okay. But the Celtics did not look good at all at the beginning of the game. They they kept the um, score close, which is what. And I was thinking this throughout the whole game. 
So when the Celtics play like crap, they're still one of the best teams in the league because they have so many scores, they have so many dynamic players, and they work well together. And none of them are really selfish anymore, which is why I think we're in the finals. Um, but when they click, as you saw at the end of the game, they're arguably the best team in the league this year, and they're unstoppable. I mean, they won a 17-0 run against the Golden State Warriors. And I think that says a lot because at the beginning of the game, they were getting looks. They weren't, they weren't playing. They weren't shooting well. They were running around the entire court looking for Steph Curry. And then half the time he was wide open, taking these wide open shots. And that's Stephen Curry. He's yeah. the greatest shooter of all time. You, you can't be doing that. No. So it, I, I, I had to shut it off at halftime, sadly. I had 5 a.m. practice the next day. So I didn't get to watch the comeback. But I saw all the highlights, saw all the news. It was amazing. But at the beginning of the game, I was like, this is, this is going to be a beatdown. And at the beginning of the game, it, it looked it looked it. The scoreboard didn't say it, but it looked it by the way they were playing. They were rushing around and they they weren't really they weren't they weren't comfortable. That's that's the word I'll use. They weren't comfortable. It looked no, like yeah, they were yeah. new to the finals. Yeah, no, they weren't comfortable whatsoever. And it honestly, it looked like the Golden State Warriors were basically just teaching them a history lesson and were saying, hey, you know, we're we're the three-time champions. You know, we had that amazing finals run back all those years ago in the 2010s, uh, in the 20, yeah, 2010s era. Uh, we're going to show you kind of, you know, what we did during that era. And, you know, this is kind of a bit of a history lesson for you. And it, you know, you saw Steph Curry just making these wide open shots and, you know, running around out there like a madman looking like the MVP of old. And I was like, Oh boy, here we go again. It's just all downhill. Yep. Clay Thompson, uh, for what he's been through, you know, even being being able to walk is a you know you know a miracle for him. So seeing him being as mobile as he is is incredible. Jordan Poole obviously yep. did his thing, but then again, you know the Warriors had their struggles throughout the game, and that came back to haunt them. Obviously, uh, Draymond Green, who he, he said was fine, he played 38 minutes in the game, but only had four points. I know he had 11 rebounds, but he was two of 12 shooting. For a guy like Draymond Green, you know, if you have four points and you take some of those shots away and you spread it out to other guys, you can afford that. But when hmm. he's taking 12 shots and he's only making two of them, especially, you know, when the Celtics are giving him those shots from deep and he's just bricking them, uh, you know, hmm. it, that, 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 that's going to kill you down the stretch. And obviously it did. Yeah. He's, he's going to be someone in game two that's obviously going to have to step it up big time. And, you know, I think, you know, historically he is the type of guy that can do that. Uh, but, you know, what really impressed me about the Celtics and gives me a lot of, you know, you know, makes me feel really good going into game two and the rest of the series, obviously things can change, is the fact that they did all that with Jason Tatum having a really bad night shooting the basketball. He was shooting terrible, terrible. Yeah. I, I make you make better shots than that. And I played <laughs> basketball with you. Yeah. And you can attest that it's awful. <laughs> Dude, you were like one for 100. Yeah, dude, it, it's, it's but, a mental thing. But listen, but you're right. Yeah, no. So here's the thing. Jason Tatum, though, uh, you know, passing wise had, you know, one of the best had the best passing game in, in an NBA finals history for a player making their NBA finals <clears throat> debut. He had 13 assists, which sets a record for any player in the, in the finals with that uh, in with that metric. But yep. shooting the basketball only had 12 points at one point, I think was two for 11 from the field. And it was like, oh, my oh, God, yeah. this guy, this guy can't shoot out of a freaking, you know, wet paper bag. He's no, awful he, so far. He, 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 he shot terrible, and I knew immediately he got sent to the foul line early in the first quarter and missed both shots, and I was like, this is going to be a long, long game. But luckily for us, Jalen Brown stepped up, 24 points, which is huge from him, 26 from Big Al, which was awesome. Big Al was getting these looks. I mean, it, it looked – I saw one of, the, one of the highlights, and it looked like 
the entire Golden State team ran down the court chasing Celt the Celtics, but Horford was laying back a little bit. And all of a sudden, I think it was Jalen Brown or somebody kicked it out to Horford at the top of the top of the arc and just boom, splashed a three. They totally forgot about him. Like, yeah. now nah, this guy, this guy's old. He can't, he can't make it up and down the court anymore. No, dude, he did that on purpose because he just splashed a three in your face. Yeah. And like D- Derek White, too. Derek White played amazing. Yeah, I saw That's... someone say ever since Derek White uh, became a father, he's essentially been he's essentially been the Ray Allen of this team. And I'm like, honestly, God, I mean, you know, I, I've given Derek, Derek, Derek White a lot of crap so far. I've said that, you know, just, you know, I don't like some of the shots that he takes sometimes. I think that, you know, I think that sometimes he should be uh, facilitating more and, you know, you know, yeah. spreading the ball around, doing stuff like that. But uh, I'll give him credit. He was knocking down those shots and he was looking really solid. I mean, Am I still probably going to give him crap if he's taking some bad shots in other games? Of course I am. But you know what? Uh, credit where it's due. And he was obviously performing really well. Marcus Smart, too, uh, was incredible last night. Defensively, you know, picking off multiple passes was, you know, obviously being really good as really good as our number one point yeah. guard. Looked awesome last night. So uh, the fact that we were able to do what we did with Jason Tatum having a bad night is indicative of the growth the Celtics team has had. And, you know, obviously uh, this was a decision we that I made before the show uh, with you, Tyler, to put on the KD jersey, but I see you wearing the Kyrie jersey. Uh, yeah, screw this guy. Screw yeah. this guy. The difference is, you know, when whenever the Celtics would perform well, uh, it would either be Kyrie's performing well and the rest of the team, you know, kind of just, you know, was kind of in standby mode. <clears throat> Yep. Or in or no, or Kyrie would perform badly, and then you know the rest of the team would figure it out, and you know might win almost in spite of it. Maybe guys like Tatum and Brown would kind of lead the charge there. In this case, though, the Celtics are able to perform well. You know, you know Tatum isn't going to be a detriment to the offense. You know, when mm-hmm. he's when he's on, you know the Celtics are just gonna you know roll in. You know, if if the Cel- if Tatum is on, the rest just of the team, feed him. Yeah, if Tatum is on and the rest of the team is on, it's it's over. I mean, it's it's mainly a matter of if Tatum and Smart are on, you know, you're in you're in a good position. But what's yeah, good about this yeah, team? Right. What's good about this team though is that you know Jason Tatum doesn't necessarily need to be 100% the guy <clears throat> that night, which he should be, but he doesn't necessarily need to be, which is huge for this team. And the fact that we were able yeah. to, in my opinion, steal a game for in in this series uh, in Golden State, it's amazing for us. My thing is, is that I really thought that this this series was going to be just Golden State all through. I, I want the Celtics to win. I, I, I'm i pulling for them. I, but I in the back of my head, I'm like, I think Golden State's going to win and because I think they have more depth. But mm-hmm. as I was watching the game, I started to realize, wait a minute, I'm dead wrong. The <laughs> Celtics have more depth because Jason Tatum is arguably one of the, the best players in the league and best young players in the league by far. And then compare him with Jalen Brown. When both of those guys are on, they're both dropping 20, like 24 points, both of them. And it, it's, it's magic. Like they're not mm-hmm. dropping 41, not one person's dropping 40 points. The other's dropping like, you know, another 40. It's 20 and 20 and they're getting it. They're getting it done. They're getting the important shots and they're not, they're knocking them down. Mm-hmm. But this whole team plays well together. So you got, you got Tatum and Brown and uh, offensively unstoppable. You got Horford. Horford, you can do anything with that man. You can, he's great on defense because he's experienced. He's great on offense because he's just Al Horford. Al Horford is one of the best, was one of the best shooters in the league at one time. You know, he, he was one of the best players, all-star, played for the Hawks, took them, took them to the um, Eastern Conference, uh, Eastern Conference finals. Yeah. They were in, they in the Eastern Conference. Uh, yeah. The yeah, the, yeah. The Hawks are. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. But when he was with them, he, he was rolling with them. He's one of the best best players. He's, he's rolling. Now we're seeing 
like um like little snippets of it and but it, it's working with Tatum and Brown then you got Marcus Smart defensive player of the year um on defense and on offense when he's cooking on offense again this team is playing so well together because if Tatum's on it just feed him the ball if Brown is on it again feed him the ball if Smart's on feed him the ball but if Horford's on Horford is shooting the ball and giving it to these guys because guess what these guys are also on these guys are synced up to each other and when one man is usually playing well usually all of them are playing well yeah. somebody is doing something well you mentioned Jason Tatum had a terrible shooting night Jason Tatum had Lonzo Ball Magic Johnson eyes the other the last night and was making these these passes and getting these guys open yeah I mean Lonzo Ball, I think, is one of the best passers, is the best passer in the league. I think that, personally. Magic Johnson was one of the best to do, ever do it. So, oh, yeah. I think I, I think he, he was he was channeling his inner Magic Johnson, and if comparison to this year, like, or recently, Lonzo Ball. And then, you know, you got um, Robert Williams. Robert Williams, I get, is a little beat up, but the man was still, you know, running up and down the court, putting 100% effort in. And he was, he was one of the best defensive rating players this year. And up until he got hurt, he was in conversation with for defensive player of the year, you know? Yeah. And like I said, this team is built well. And I think when Brad Stevens went into the front office, he knew that he was like, one of the things that I need to do is get Al Horford back. And what did he do? He did that. He brought Al Horford back because he was like, Al Horford is a key piece to this championship team. If we want to build a championship and, he was right. He wasn't the coach. He wasn't the coach to get them there. It was Ime Odoka. Ime yeah. Odoka, who I think should have been coach of the year, or at least in the nomination for it. But the other coaches were ridiculous as well. But he was able to tell these guys, all right, we're going to start from scratch right now. You guys all stink, and you guys are all on the same playing field. You know, that no, not, not one person is better than the other. You bring this to the table. You bring this. Al Horford's got the experience and the veteran leadership. You know, Jason Tatum brings your star power. Jalen Brown brings your, your – if your star power is hurting, he, he's right there behind them. Marcus Smart brings your passing and your defensive defensive rating, and so does Robert Williams. Robert Williams brings that big man energy, but so does Al Horford. And then you got guys like Peyton Pritchard off the bench. If he, he needs to make a three, he's making that three. He's been really – he's been shooting very, very well this entire playoffs. And Derek White, what, what, what more can you ask from Derek White? 21 points off the bench? I mean, that's more – that's way more than asking for, like – that's more than asking for enough. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean it's – I mean, listen, this entire Celtics team <laughs> as just as a unit has been rolling really well. And just that's, clicking. Yeah, and it – it's much different than what we've seen the past couple of years to where there was a lot of friction between the starters and some of these bench guys. And, yes. you know, Marcus Smart punched a picture frame and he was getting pissed off at random stuff like that. Egos, and, egos. Yeah. And I think that they've all checked their egos at the door, at least, you know, at least so far this this playoff run. And it's done them well. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's done them well. And I think them seeing success by doing it could could lead them to saying, all right, we can be very successful if we check our egos at the door. Yes. We're going to yes. in hopefully that could build something then going forward and saying, Hey, if we do this guys, we're going to be successful. And uh, you know, like you said, obviously you were talking about all those guys on the Celtics team, which have been awesome for us. Al Horford has been, you know, the surprise of a lifetime for myself. I Al Horford's been amazing. For, I was excited to bring Al Horford back in and 
Uh, but I, at the same time, I was skeptical because, listen, I mean, I saw what he didn't, I saw what he was in Philly, and I saw the fact that, you know, the Thunder basically. And OKC. Yeah, I saw the Thunder basically just didn't even play him. They exactly were, they were listing him there. His in his injury designation was just old, and I was like, oh, that's not that could go one of two ways. But it was also because he was winning them games, and you know, was taking them out of lottery uh, conversations. But yeah. for what it's worth, Al Horford has been you know unbelievable for these Gem. guys. I mean, Gem. the version of Al Horford we're seeing right now is the version that we gave the max con is the version we gave that max contract to in 2016, and we're paying yes, for it at is. that point. You know, the yes, guy we got. Is. You know, this that's the type of performances that we've been seeing so far. I thought he was just gonna be I thought he was just gonna be the type of guy to bring back in and you know, me maybe be like a good veteran presence, you know, get a couple points here and there. But no, he's being a legit option for these guys, which yes. uh, is only a plus at this point. I mean, it's so good to see. And I mean, 26 points. He's he was your leading scorer last night. I mean, who would have thought that in and the NBA finals yeah. game one? Give me, give me those percentages that Al Horford was going to be your NBA Finals uh, game one, you know, leading score for the Celtics. I would not I have know, taken man. that. I should have bet some money. Yeah, and I, I mean, can't. Listen. And I can't technically. <laughs> yeah. So listen, it's been awesome, and I think that you know we're in a really good position going forward. But listen, it's only game <clears> one. <throat> this series is far from over, and you know, give credit to the You're Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry. Exactly. You know, we're playing against a team that, you know, defined the 2010s for the, for the NBA and basically has defined an entire generation for basketball. Obviously, the, you know, just the way that the three-pointer has taken over the game, that's because exactly. of the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are, you know, one of those textbook teams now. And listen, uh, you know, we're wearing the jerseys, the guys that uh, aren't there, aren't there no more. And listen, they got rid of their guy and, you know, their their team chemistry brought them back to the finals, too. So obviously Kyrie left the Celtics, the, you know, Boston it took them a couple years to recover, but they've now made their way back, uh, you know, to dominance. They made it to the Eastern Conference finals and now to the NBA finals. Uh, the Warriors, obviously, after losing KD, Steph, Clay, all those guys went down with injuries <clears throat> and it took them a couple years to get back. But now they're right back in the thick of it. I mean, exactly. this is. This is Clay Thompson's uh, for years that he's played. This is his sixth straight year making the finals because he didn't play the past two years. And, you know, the the first year he comes back, they're right back in the final. So, uh, you know, obviously they're not a team to take lightly for the Golden mm. State Warriors. If you're going into game two, what is the one thing that you would say that they need to you know focus on? The Golden State Warriors, I think, need to start getting Jordan Poole more looks, mm. Clay more looks, and they just need to keep feeding Curry, obviously. Yes. And I think I think you get those three going, it, it's done because Wiggins is a great defensive player, and he he actually has been recently in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Draymond Green needs to be shoot less, and um, just be he's he's honestly I think he's their their conductor if you uh, if oh, you want to say on the court. I get Steph Curry is Steph Curry, but it those guys don't work without Draymond Green. Draymond yeah. Green is. Is in there. He's he's getting these guys these looks. He's he's a bigger presence. He's like a bigger body, and he's great defensively. And he's he's getting all these assists. He's rebounds, getting these guys these ball, getting the guys these, uh, getting the, getting these guys the ball. Without him, I, I don't think they're getting that many looks. And they need to really. I can't really say they need they can focus on one Celtics player, because what what happens if you shut down Tatum? Well, Brown's gonna go off. Well, what happens if you shout, shut down Taysom and Brown, uh, Tatum and Brown? Good luck with that. Well, Horford and Smart are going to go off. And you can't stop all four of them. And then you leave Robert Williams, who will just torch you into the paint. 
And then you got Derek White off the bench and Pritchard. I mean, this team is just um, well built. And I say that because both of these teams were built through the draft. There's only a couple players in the Celtics that were acquired through free agency, and it's Derek White and Horford. Where'd Smart come from? Oh, he was drafted. Tatum, drafted. Brown, drafted. Williams, drafted. Pritchard, drafted. Like, I, I really, I, I, I can't confidently say what the Warriors need to do to the Celtics to beat them, but I can definitely confidently say what they need to do um, with their guys to win, and that's they need to get Clay a little bit, a couple more looks, and Steph Curry and um, Draymond Green needs to shoot, shoot a bit less. So, and, yeah. and Wiggins, wait, Wiggins, Wiggins needs to, Wiggins needs to step up a little bit, yeah, yeah, just Wiggins, a little. Wiggins definitely needs to step up, and then. <clears throat> You know, also going forward, I think that Draymond Green needs to step up as well. I mean, I mentioned it, the 2 of 12 shooting. I mean, either take those shots away or figure out other ways to make baskets and get to the line and draw points for yourself. I get that he's not necessarily a scoring, you know, the scoring option for this team, but he obviously yeah. needs to get going. Uh, I think they need to u- utilize Jonathan Kaminga a lot more in the uh, defensive yes. teams. Yes, I mean, he's a he has incredible length. He's a great defensive, uh, you know, option. So I'd say use him down on use him down on Tatum and Brown. Uh, you know, obviously Tatum, you know, was kind of a non-factor, but he's not going to be like that in the rest of this series. So I would say <clears throat> use Kaminga on guys like Tatum, uh, use him on Brown when they switch down yep. low. So do that. Uh, and then, you know, also just try to figure out, you know, basically Steph Curry, you know, as you said, in my opinion, Steph Curry is the NBA equivalent of Effett Tyreek's down there somewhere where it's just like, all right, exactly. just feed it to Steph. The points will come. Hopefully it's enough to, you know, overcome any. He's other not going to miss twice in a row. No, exactly. So usually it's like, all right, just hand it to Steph. Just let him do his magic. So that's mm-hmm. what the Warriors basically are going to ride and die on, on in this series. I think that, you know, it's going to be, you know, a very big test for them in game two. Would you consider it to be a must win game for the Warriors in game two? Um, Yeah. Because um, obviously the the Celtics haven't played too well at home throughout the playoffs. I mean, they've played well. It's Boston. But they haven't played amazing at home, like, all the time. So it's definitely something that they could – they could easily win in Boston. Or should I say Boston? They they could easily win in Boston. But um, I – it is because the Celtics have played very well on the road. And, you know, they won game seven in Miami. A game seven in Miami. Oh yeah. my goodness. In my when I heard that when we lost game six, in my mind, the series was over because I, I, I thought was, the series was over. Because because I was like, oh, we're gonna go back down to Miami. The fans are gonna be <laughs> rabid. It's gonna be, you know, 2012 all over again. It's game over. we're not I was like, we're not getting out of there alive. And you know, the fact that we did is a miracle. And that gives me incredible faith of what we can do on the yes. road. Yes, At it home, does. At home, though, we have struggled and it's been really bad. So I mean, I yeah. I I if this was any, if this was, you know, a t- any, you know, regular finals, oh, you're going back to the home stadium, I'd say, oh, yeah, this is a must-win game. But in reality, they haven't, you know, the Celtics just haven't played well at TD Garden. When, you know, we had the heat, when we had the heat, you know, against the wall, and it was like, oh, you know, we have these guys right where we want them. We're going back to TD Garden. We're going to finish them off nice and easy. The heat come in, and Jimmy Butler is an absolute stud. Looks like the son of Michael Jordan, which he is. Uh, you know, just comes in there and torches us. So, uh, I don't, I, I, in any, from, you know, in any other, you know, situation, I would say this is a must win game, but in reality, I don't really feel like it is. 
I, I, the war, the, cause the Warriors can catch up on you real quick. Cause you know, just like, just like the Celtics went on a 17 0 run, the Warriors can just like in a matter of minutes, be up 20 on you. Like three yep. minutes could go, could go by and they're up 20. They'll, they'll, they'll be up by 20 because they have two of the greatest shoes of all time. Exactly. And then you throw in Jordan pool and they're done. No. But the problem is that I saw what, what, what uh, the problem I saw with the Celtics is that is at home is that they didn't really like it didn't seem they really l- like leaned on the crowd a little bit if you know what I mean yeah like one the, there's there's only a couple places in the NBA where you can teams can really lean on the crowd and that's hundred percent would be if a New York team was in the was in the playoffs it would hundred percent be in, be New York because I it, remember it, it wouldn't when, be the bar it, it, so here's the thing it wouldn't be the Barclays Center but it would be Madison no, Square Garden it and, would be Madison Square Garden because I do remember when the Hawks and the Knicks played Madison Square Garden was rowdy yeah it was really rowdy so um, TD Garden Madison Square Garden and I'll throw in and definitely Miami yes and um go Golden State yes but only recently. And I wouldn't even but, say Golden State during game one, you know, they, when they were on their run, they honestly weren't into it as, as I thought they would be. That could change as the series gets more intense, but yeah. they weren't into it as I thought they'd be. Uh, I, Dallas I, I, back I, in the yeah. early 2010s kind of had that. Uh, I, oh, I don't know. LA, LA. It, LA. It would, it would be, it would be Boston, LA, Miami, and New York. Okay. The yeah. four biggest markets. Yeah. Kind of makes would, sense. Would, would be the most rowdy. I, you could throw in Milwaukee, but I I don't think, but I think just think Milwaukee because they they lean on Giannis's energy, and when Giannis is feeling it, that crowd goes ballistic. Mm, yeah, but for some um, for some reason, I'm thinking Dallas as well, just the Mavericks games. But I don't know. I mean, I think you just get a lot of a lot of Cowboys spillovers in there, and you know they're they're yeah. all, they always they bring their rowdiness as it is. So I think that's kind yeah, of yeah. But I that. can't I can't really think of any other teams like off the top of my head that really like yeah just, just scream. Ne- just naturally too philly philly okay yeah philly philly would be a bad place to play in the nba finals oh yeah absolutely but and you know well if detroit got there i feel like detroit would be really rowdy just because i feel like that just 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 because of the detroit it's detroit detroit is just naturally has been the place of like you know the bad boy pistons those guys and a lot of those people will remember that and be like, we need to bring that energy to our fan base. And I think that that could cause a problem. Yeah. But I, the Celtics really need to lean on their fan base when they come back to Boston, because you know, it's going to be extremely loud. It is going to be a, it is not going to be the place you want to play, especially if you in the playoffs, if you're down two zero. I mean, the fact I, don't, that we, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we at worst at this, at this chance, split the, split the first <clears throat> two games out in golden state, that's already going to drive the Boston fans nuts enough. If we get up 2-0, you know, th- th- that that might break this place is going records. nuts. Oh yeah, the, it's going to be the no yeah, yeah. fall off. You know, they're going to be out for blood. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully they can take care of things in game 2. Obviously Jason Tatum's going to need to step it up big time and, you know, they're going to have to make some other adjustments there. The Warriors Jason obviously make- Tatum, Jason Tatum just needs to step up shooting wise. Mm-hmm. Leadership wise, he stepped up huge. I oh, think yeah. that what Last night really spoke volume about Jason Tatum as a player and who he's become to be. And I think if this was like maybe a year ago or two years ago, he wouldn't, he, he, this wouldn't be happening. Like he would have not shot in the ball and he would have just been like, what am I doing out here? If I'm not scoring, what am I doing? No, Jason Tatum was shooting like crap. And he, he, if he got these open looks, he would take them. I get it. If you get an open look, take it hundred percent all day long. You miss it. You miss it. 
but you need to take that all day long. He's like, nah, I, you know, I'm not making that many. I'm going to start. Let's, let's get Derek White the ball. He, he's feeling himself. Oh, let's get Jalen Brown the ball. And he's over there throwing up the three. And I'm like, that's a leader. That, that is, speaks volume to, I think, Ime Udoka's coaching. And I think Al Horford's presence again. Because Al Horford, again, I, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, having that veteran presence in the locker room, and especially Al Horford. Dude who's been trying to get there his entire career. Finally does. Leading scorer on the team, on a very talented team. No, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just been, think it speaks volume to Tatum. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, it speaks volumes. He's going to need to step it up. But I'm excited for game two. If if I if you have if you have to give your prediction right now, though, what is your prediction for game two? I think this. I I think if if Curry and Clay are feeling themselves, they'll win. But if yeah. one person's feeling themselves, I don't think they stand a chance. I think that the Warriors are going to storm back hard, and it's it's just a matter of Steph Curry is on, which you know is usually as long as the sky is blue is the case. So uh, yeah. I think the war. I think the Warriors are maybe the Celt. I feel like the Celtics obviously. The thing with them is that they always kind of get a little heady. So I think that they are probably going to get a little bit of uh, that kind of a feeling in game two, maybe get a little bit ahead of themselves, you know, take, take a tough loss. Maybe they'll battle back at the end, but that's my prediction for game two is that the Celtics will probably lose by, you know, I'd say maybe like, you know, seven to 10 points. It'll be Um, final. I'm going to write down my score prediction right here. Okay. uh, I'm going to write down a score prediction. Okay. All right. I want to put it on paper. So there's real proof of this. Mm-hmm. Now the score the the score of game one was 120-108, right? Yes, it was a 12 point game. <clears throat> Let's see. I'm gonna go. One twelve to one ten. Okay, Warriors. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to decide who who's that going to. Who's getting who's getting that last who's getting that last bucket? These you're giving it to the C's. I I I I I'm I'm not trying to be like I'm from I'm from Boston. I want to throw the Celtics. At, uh, Celtics going to sweep the Golden State Warriors. No, no. yeah, but I I, re- I really think they can throw a win together based off of what I saw, mm-hmm. and I honestly think it took them a minute to feel themselves. They, they get the nerves out. Horford needed to get the nerves out, but I don't think he was nervous at all. I think he was born ready for the finals. Yeah. He was born ready to do this. Tatum needed to get the, the kinks out. And then, you know, that first finals game is, is done. But like I said, he moved on to a different aspect of his game, which speaks volume to who he is. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll feel myself out that way. You know, yeah. maybe I'll shoot better next game. That, mm-hmm. That's good. Jalen Brown need, needed a quarter. The whole team needed a quarter to finally mesh with each other. And they yeah. sure as hell did. Mm-hmm. No, they they definitely did. Uh, if I have to give my score prediction, I'll probably say Warriors one hundred four, Celtics ninety seven. That that's my score prediction. Wow, one hundred four, Celtics ninety seven. That's my that, that that's my prediction for Backwards, game two. But, we'll have, right. we'll have to we'll have to give a. I mean, obviously, I'm going. I want the C's all the way. I would, you know, if if I was putting money down on, I'd say put money on the C's. But listen. <laughs> I want the C's to win. I want them to win. But if I think if I'm, you know, making a prediction of who I think is going to win, I think the Warriors are probably going to win game two. So that's my prediction for that. Uh, We're going to now have to move on into MLB news. As we do that, I'm going to end up taking off this rag that I have on. 
Uh, so I'm going to get rid of that piece of trash, to, and we're going to gonna uh, move on into MLB news. Uh, I need to burn this. Yeah, honest to God. I My my brother won that KD jersey at, a, at Six Flags and just has it uh, ever oh, since this then. Is, I, I bought this. This is, oh, yeah? this is fake, though. Oof. It's stitched on. So it's, <laughs> I didn't even pay full price. I paid Good. like 12 bucks for it. That's funny stuff. But uh, it's a collector's item at this point. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, – it, I mean, I'm so, – I'm surprised so many of them still exist. I mean, most of them right? I thought were most of them I thought were burned in the aftermath. Uh, Man, but- I should get I should get a cat. I should get a Dwayne Wade Cavs jersey to match with that. Oh my god! And a Dwight right. Howard Atlanta Hawks jersey. <laughs> All right, but as we move on, obviously uh, we're moving on into MLB news now at this point, Tyler. Uh, and it's it's kind of funny because you know this MLB story. Uh, it just shows how inept baseball is to create their own storylines and the biggest mm-hmm. drama going on in the MLB right now involves football and it involves fantasy football because uh if you didn't check yeah oh i I love fantasy football i mean you know how'd you do how'd you do in your league last year i came in second in my league give it to me give it to me i drafted jalen hurts and people called me crazy i drafted jalen hurts (laughs) and i got second i had nick chubb carrying me all the way i had jamar chase people call me crazy for drafting him too yeah all right. So obviously, congratulations to you for coming in second. Maybe you'll get it. Ah, you? uh, I, you know, I, I, I didn't have the greatest season this year. I came, I've won the championship like, like, like two to three times. Uh, it's been maybe two years since I last won the chip. So I'll be, uh, you know, looking to draft another good team come this year. I might, I'm, I'm actually gonna maybe try to actually do some homework this time as opposed to just saying F it and go into it. So maybe I'll try to do some background research. But in this fantasy football dispute, uh, this was a storyline that, that emerged last week and it involves uh, Reds outfielder Tommy Pham and Giants outfielder Jock Peterson. The two were in a fantasy football group chat, uh, fantasy football group last year. And essentially what happened is Jock Peterson was stashing injured players on his injured reserve that were simply just out and not injured for multiple weeks. And Tommy Pham basically said, hey, that's BS. I don't want you doing this. And Jock Peterson said, well, it's the rule. So if I'm allowed to do it, why shouldn't I? And this led Tommy Pham to go up to Jock Peterson before their, before, uh, their game and slap him straight across the face. Just it was in that they have video of this, too. It was a pretty clean slap. So I was like, oh, my God. Why is everyone getting Take slapped out. nowadays? I was part of me was like, all right, what? Why is everybody getting? Why is everybody getting slapped nowadays? But uh, with that though, uh, you know, people were like, this is crazy. Tommy Pham gets suspended three games because he just basically came out and said, yeah, I did it. Like, wh- what about it? Jock Peterson comes out and explains the whole situation. He, he goes, he goes, yeah. Well, Tommy Pham has had a guy that was doing the exact same thing. I mean, uh, he mentions Jeff Wilson, who's a, uh, I believe, a running back for the 49ers, and he said, and it, and. And uh, Jock Peterson goes, yeah, Tommy Pham was doing the exact same thing, but he was coming at me. Apparently, there's a lot of money probably on the line in this league. Maybe these guys are putting down like somewhere between 10 and 50 grand, uh, you know, you know, to create the ultimate prize here. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if Tommy Pham felt that, uh, you know, he got screwed out of maybe, you know, 500 grand, something like that. That was the total overall prize. But uh, to go up and slap a man across the face is pretty crazy. And it was bad enough for Tommy Pham to do uh, one of the biggest faux pas in all of fantasy sports. He left the fantasy football uh, group, you know, by in like by week five, by week five, he was so pissed off that by this, that he just said, you know what? I'm out. And he just left. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of the biggest faux pas that you can have in fantasy football. You never want to do that. And 
Uh, it looked like this story was over. Tommy Pham gets suspended three games. He comes back. It was like, whatever. But then all of a sudden, the bigger bombshell comes down. And this affects MLB's golden boy, Mike Trout. Because it's, it's only fitting that the best player in Major League Baseball is actually the commissioner of a fantasy baseball, of a fantasy football league. Uh, and Tommy Pham basically said that Mike Trout could have prevented this whole situation. According to Tommy Pham, he said, Trout did a terrible job, man. Trout's the worst commissioner in fantasy sports yep. because he because he allowed a lot of shit to go on and he could have solved it all. Nobody wanted to be commissioner. I didn't want to be the fucking commissioner. I've got shit to do. He wanted to do it. So we put, so we put it on him. It was kind of our fault too. We made him the commissioner. So mm. they own up and say, listen, Trout didn't want to do this, but we kind of just threw the shit on him. Uh, obviously ridiculous situation there. Uh, but you know, Trout basically came out and said, you know, it's just a very competitive league. Those guys love fantasy football. Who doesn't, uh, you know, he, he ended fantasy up saying, football, fantasy football can get wicked, wicked competitive for oh, no reason. Oh, it gets way too over the top. And most likely let, let's face it. Jock Peterson's like that guy. That's like, you know, on you every, on you every Sunday, he's like texting the group chat nonstop, just being like, Hey, what's going on guys? Like, you know, like really in depth, uh, you know, like watching the ESPN breakdowns of every, of everything going on. It's like, okay, dude, like enough's enough. Let's chill the hell out here. Uh, but you know, you know, fair enough. If you, if he, he if he wants to be that involved in the league, let him be that involved in the league. That's his right to do yeah. that. Uh, to, to, Obviously, to get slapped across the face is another thing. Then to bring Mike Trout into this is a whole nother ball game. Trout basically came out and said, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be commissioner again. I don't really like getting uh, ragged on like this. It's not really too fun. Uh, no. So, you know, what what are your thoughts on this craziness? I mean, like, I, I get it. Fantasy football can be very, very competitive. And sometimes you get too carried away. Yeah. I mean, me and, me and my roommate were literally arguing with each other. We were like, no, like he, he was, he was yelling at me saying, I'm not going to make the playoffs. And I'm just like, bro, chill out. And we started going at each other. I'm like, you don't say that to me. And I'm like, this is fantasy football. And we're just yelling at each other in our rooms. Our, our other roommates are coming in or like, what are you guys doing? We're like, stay out of it. It's fantasy football. You don't know what you're talking about. And then we just kept going at each other. All fun and games. It was awesome. I, we weren't going to hit each other, but I think, slapping somebody on the professional stage is a little unwarranted a um, little i mean like it's unwarranted you don't do that i mean i mean like too. i get here's the thing too what? this was from week five so they he carried this grudge from october to now yeah wait why is he taking my my question to him is why is he worried now uh well i guess jo i guess like he uh, Tommy Pham basically called Jock Peterson out for this in a group chat, and Jock Peterson just sent him like a gif of uh, like a making fun of like uh, you know. Let's play eight ball pool. Yeah, ah. yeah, basically just like making fun of him and stuff. And I was like, and Tommy Pham got like really like over the top, like pissed off at this. And I mean, listen, I'm in a league that I I've played in leagues where there's no money on the line and people still get pissed off. Like I mean, I've been in oh, bragging yeah. rights leagues and people still get pissed off. Like. I like I remember there was a, a couple of years back where it was me and my friends from home from my hometown and my brother's also in the league. So my brother had and I was the commissioner of my league and my brother had access to my computer. So one week he went in and edited his lineup after the things were already set. This was this was like years ago, but he goes in and he edits his lineup after the game had already started because like I guess he had an injured player that he didn't adjust and he wanted to put someone else in and bad stuff going on. 
this got it got ugly and my, my friends are saying yo your brother is a like we need to get him out of the league oh my god we cannot believe this i was like this is bad it did i mean like i mentioned before me and my roommate were going at each other in a no prize league bragging rights yeah. and my other league it was when went loser buys a winner a 30 rack of booze <laughs> and uh i got a 12 pack just came second which is kind of nice but it's just like that that league became very very competitive because everybody <laughs> won the free rag of booze and i mean it was just it, i i don't i don't get how you can go slap somebody but hold a grudge for that long i mean i oh, forget yeah. Dude, I was about to just text my roommate. Dude, who won our fancy football league? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Like, who, who won? How can you remember that? Yeah, From no, I... October, especially being a professional. You know how many things you have to remember as a professional baseball player? Yeah. And you're worried about fancy no. football? No, yeah. I mean, I mean, literally, like, for me, <laughs> once, once fantasy – once, like, the last week of fantasy football is over, you know, by the time the Super Bowl comes around, it feels like ages since, since I last played. Like, right, I, like right. I don't know about like like the season is still going on. Like technically, with playoffs, obviously your fantasy season has ended, but like the NFL season is still going on. By the time Far fantasy playoffs, are, yeah, by the time fantasy playoffs are over, by to you know between that time and the Super Bowl, which is about a month, it feels like a year has gone by. It's it's just and like and I'd be asking the same thing. I'd be like, wait, who did win the fantasy football Super Bowl? Like if you weren't the winner, it's like wait, who did win? I completely forget. So, uh. Like the fact that he was able to hold a grudge for that long is actually wild. And the fact that it got Mike Trout involved too is even crazier. I mean, I'm just wondering who's in these fantasy football leagues. I know, I mean, I heard that Mike Moustakis was involved in this, was involved in this league. Eric Hosmer was involved in the league. Manny Machado was in this league. So there are some competitive individuals uh, going on playing fantasy football at this point. I mean, that's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's crazy. And it's cool seeing these professionals play play this little game that like all oh, the fans yeah. play and you're like they play it too funny i mean of but course imagine- they play it though they're they're professional athletes they're some of the most competitive human beings <clears throat> ever ever you know produced it's you can't make yes. that up i thought i i do vividly remember i think the panthers were on a series or on hard knocks yeah and i remember steve smith was there and he, he was talking to cam newton he's like should i start dj moore or should I start um, DeAndre Hopkins? And he goes, well, you start DJ Moore. DJ Moore is standing right next to Steve Smith. He's saying it to his face. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. Because I wonder if those guys actually play. But it, I, I thought it was so funny because you're like, well, Steve Smith, yeah, imagine, uh, Smith, imagine, Steve Smith at that point was retired. No, no, no. I know. I'm talking about like the DJ Moore and Cam Newton. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. They, do they play? I know they, they, like, they don't play now. They don't play. No, like I, I know they do, but imagine if they did. Do I start <laughs> myself or do I bench myself? Do I draft yeah. myself? Yeah. Uh, imagine if you're Tom Brady, do you draft yourself or do you be like, nah, man, I'm gonna draft Pat Mahomes or well, Josh Allen? Tom Brady's kids have said have said that they don't draft their dad. No, they, 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 I wouldn't. They, they, they've literally they've literally said yeah we'll, we'll, we'll take Mahomes over you <laughs> and he, he's oh, like, I oh. take I take so many quarterbacks over Brady right now no I know but but like like in just in, a, in like a league like <laughs> that's like just, just really funny yeah like he, he'll, he'll be like he'll be like yeah my kids don't pick me in my own in like fantasy football they just don't do it uh they'll, they'll like have someone else do it and I'm like that's crazy I think uh, um I saw you gotta look for those watching we gotta look up Jimmy Fallon interviews 
Kevin Durant about 2K. And oh, yeah. Um, he goes, um, did you play a lot? And he goes, well, yeah, I, I played 2K a lot. Like, it's basketball. I love playing basketball. We, me and my buddies come over, get, like, a tournament. It's really fun. <laughs> and he goes, who do you play as? He goes, he goes do you play yourself? He goes, no, nah, I think that's kind of arrogant. And the whole crowd starts dying laughing. And then um, Jimmy Fallon's just like, who do you play as? And he goes, I, I, don't, I don't have a set. I play as everybody. He goes, who do you play as? And he goes, all right, LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like you, but you got, but you got to watch it. It's the way he says it and the way he brings it up. Hilarious. Totally yeah. recommend. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it is, it's ridiculous seeing somebody slap another person in the face over fantasy football. I mean, like it, it's literally a name. It's fantasy. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah. It's not real. I mean, Let's play not, for money. Then eh, different. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously crazy, crazy incident going on there. Uh, you know, Indubit- I mean, Again, it does suck that uh, MLB uh, has to rely on another sport to fuel their uh, to fuel their media cycle. But however, we got to do it. So obviously, that's our MLB minute. Uh, before we do close things, though, we're going to stay on football uh, in a sense and actually switch over to the NFL. Uh, you know, the real football. You know, not the fantasy stuff. And we're going to be talking about uh, a fan favorite quarterback uh, that captured the hearts and minds of everyone around uh, every everyone around the uh, football sphere. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, better known as Fitzmagic, uh, has officially announced that he's going to be retiring after 17 oh. seasons in the NFL. Uh, it's a damn shame. I mean, listen, damn uh, shame. he was going to, he w- was set up originally with the Washington football team last year, went down in week one with a bad injury, uh, never got, never got to come back. Uh, and that was the end of his NFL career. Obviously, uh, had some great, had some great successes throughout his career, never made it to the playoffs though, but uh, was able to be a really serviceable starter at certain points throughout his career. Uh, Buffalo. Tyler, yeah, I mean, Buffalo. Uh, and then obviously he goes down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, takes over for Jameis Winston, uh, you know, at, at one point. Uh, Jameis yeah. Winston struggling. They start Ryan Fitzpatrick one game, abs- lights up the charts. I mean, that's where Fitzmagic came from. That's where Fitzmagic was born. I mean, he stole, uh, well, he borrowed Deshaun Jackson's, uh, like, you know, like designer yep. jacket and mm-hmm. wore that and like chains up on the stage. And everyone was like, this is amazing. Like he is buying into this whole Fitz magic thing right now. And it was awesome to yep. see. So, uh, you know, obviously he's now retiring, stepping away from the game. I mean, listen, Ryan Fitzpatrick was never, you know, obviously has incredible talent to make it to the NFL and be in be uh, a quarterback. He was, he was, he was um, a Harvard grad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So incredibly smart individual. And then obviously made it to the NFL. Uh, Amazing career, obviously, but not the not the type of a career that's probably going to get remembered by, you know, by a Hall of Fame uh, induction, anything of that sort. But, you know, how will you probably remember, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyler? Um, I, I just remember as, you know, the, the dude with the beard that bought into Fitzmagic. I mean, I like Chubby's, the clothing brand. Yeah. And um, he he they're full into like, you know, the chest hair, the beards, the tight shorts and. He was all into that. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, look, look at this guy. And he's up on stage doing it. And then, you know, he'd have a nice game. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Like, okay, okay. Now I see why you're in the NFL. But then we were reminded why he's also Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, he, um, would, he would have glimpses. I mean, you know, even when he was with the Jets, he had them go 10 and 6 one year. Uh, they mm-hmm. were a game out from the playoffs. They were literally, uh, I think, going to be second in the AFC East. 
and then, you know, suffered a, I think he either got hurt or had a bad loss at the end of the year. And it like took him out of the playoffs. I think they were facing Buffalo and they lost in the game. They literally just had to win and they would have been fine, lost out of the playoffs. And they rewarded him with like a big contract, didn't live up to those expectations. And basically for, for him, whenever he was put in a situation with, you know, low, you know, low rewards of, you know, like a vet min contract, he went out there and performed. It was when, you know, he got like these really like, you know, great deals and like a great amount, great amounts of money that he kind of struggled at certain points, which was kind of odd. I mean, he kind of thrived, you know, more when, you know, the, when the stakes were lower, which was interesting. Yeah. He was Um, calm. I think he was more calm. Yeah. Um, Calmness has a lot to do with it. Yeah. So there was that too, but I think I'll remember Ryan Fitzpatrick the same way I remember barefoot punters where I, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> look back, I'll look back on an NFL countdown in a couple of years and I'll, I'll be like, Oh yeah, that was a thing. That was awesome. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. like, like you think about barefoot punters, it's, it's like, wait, they did that. It's like, Oh my God, this was but the people totally- that remember it are like, Oh yeah. I remember that. This, this, this was like the thing when it happened. And yep. I think the people, you know, who look back and will remember Ryan Fitz, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick, remember Fitz magic when it was going on, they'll kind of remember that similar kind of feel. So okay. obviously uh, with him, no, go- with him now going out the door uh, you know, so does the uh, you know, the NFL fans uh, people's champion, as I like to call him, you know, obviously, you know, never made it to, you know, playoffs, never made it to like a super bowl, but uh, was, you know, incredibly liked around the NFL. Uh, in your mind, who is a guy that would most likely be able to go and replace him uh, as that, you know, fan favorite, uh, maybe not the greatest player, but, uh, you know, replace him with that kind of a, a uh, mix going forward. Joe Burrow. You really Joe Burrow's your is your guy. I mean, I think Joe yep. Burrow is better. Joe Burrow is better than Joe Shiesty. Yeah, but Joe Burrow is better than that, though. That's a yeah, thing. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, I'm not doing anything on abilities. I'm doing on character, personality alone. Joe okay. Burrow. You seen that video of him smoking the cigar after the after the national championship? That man screams similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm. Yeah. I, I think right. he just does. He, he's really funny the way he dresses. He he buys into all of it, but then he goes out on the field and lights it up. Yeah. All right. I, so I like both. Yeah, no, I actually like that assessment. I, I was going to go, I was going more on the end skill side and I, I wasn't even thinking of Joe Shiesty. Obviously uh, that's a great comparison there just in terms of the style on and off the field in terms of play style with the mix of the character, I'm probably going to go into the guy that Ryan Fitzpatrick actually replaced in Tampa, Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's in New Orleans. He's in New Orleans. Now he's getting a chance to be a starter down there. Oh. Uh, you know, maybe he doesn't have, you know, maybe isn't that type of, uh, you know, all-star, you know, you know, Pro Bowl level quarterback, at least from what we've seen so far. But, you know, he's a fun guy to be around. He had he brings the energy. With he's him. just and, funny. He's yeah. just funny. So I think if the, I think, you know, you know, he after tearing his ACL, I think in like week 10, he's in the locker room, like dancing. On crutches. Like, he's dancing on his crutches. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's like a maniac. This and, guy's ridiculous. You know, he's out there eating the W's, doing all like the fun stuff like that. So this, this is W. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if there's anything, uh, I think that if there's anyone to possibly replace him, uh, replace Ryan Fitzpatrick, in my opinion, it would be Jameis Winston. I like your pick of Joe Burrow, though. Obviously, uh, two great selections there, uh, you know. Uh, any any final words on Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, in his career before we uh, step away? Um, it's it's gonna be strange not seeing like him in a uniform. Obviously, yeah. he played for like nine different teams. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it, what what but, uniform is the question? But the man played at Harvard and had a seventeen year NFL career. I think 
something like that. Yeah. Or 14, something, something. It was long. 17 years. 17. 17. Okay. So I was right. Um, good for him. Um, he, he made a lot of money and he had some great memories and I think he's going to be very well liked and just remembered because of his personality, which is, I think something you want to be remembered more than just your play. You want to be remembered for who you are, which yeah. is, I, I think, you know, is just way more important to me. So, yeah. I hope, I hope they get him involved in like a commentary role, similar to similar to like a Tony Romo. Uh, Tony Romo is God in the booth. So I, I hope they get like a personality like him maybe in the booth, do something like <clears> that, that with funny. him. Cause I think him he, and him, I, Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, you know, he went to Harvard, so he's smart enough to make some moves post-career. I hope he does capitalize on that and go from there. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, you know, he's a great career. Yeah. Another people's champ gone. You know, obviously we were talking about before the show, uh, uh, you know, talked about, you know, uh, him being the people's champ of the NFL MLB had Bartolo Colon, AKA big sexy for so long. So, uh, you know, two, you know, two, you know, very esteemed guys now, uh, you know, leaving, uh, you know, kind of leaving at this point, but Tyler, unfortunately, the NBA have anybody, uh, I'm trying to think I can't, I'm trying, I can't think all I can think of is Shaq, but Shaq was amazing. Yeah. Shaq was amazing. So I don't know. Uh, JaVale McGee. <laughs> JaVale McGee. Yeah, yeah it'd, he, it'd probably he, be JaVale McGee. There. It'd probably like, be JaVale McGee. There's got to be somebody else. Nate uh, Robinson. Nate okay, Robinson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's always but, really tiny, but played yeah. huge. Yeah. So, I mean, th- th- those are probably some good examples there. Uh, yep. But, Tyler, unfortunately, uh, we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to wrap things up on this episode and send you guys on your way into the weekend. Obviously, welcome to Mr. Tyler Stringfellow back onto the show. Tyler, it's been too long. Thank you for showing up again, man. I really appreciate you coming back on. I, I'm, I, I love being on. I, I have a great time. Love talking sports. Love talking Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, and then anything else. Yeah, absolutely. We'll look oh, to get we'll look to get you on uh, some more throughout the summer, and then pick things back up when we get back at school. Sports are fun because you can always have a big take, and but you some you can back it up. If you're good at good at talking sports, you can back it up. Absolutely. So I, I have fun doing it. And I have fun doing you. Absolutely, man. So we'll look awesome. to get you. We'll definitely look to get you back on throughout the summer, and then pick things back up at school where we left off. Uh, should be really good. Got some good things coming throughout the summer. Uh, you know, got some good uh, you know athletes kind of in the work. So that'll be some stuff that you, know, you guys can look awesome. forward to over here. Uh, obviously, we're carrying things. Uh, you know, we're always you know reporting on sports too. So stay tuned with that. Uh, you know, if you're not following us though at this point, I mean. What are you doing, man? Come on. It's so easy. You click a button and it says subscribe and then it says unsubscribe, subscribe. You can click it, click it again, then click it and then click it one more time because you got to be subscribed to listen to get this content because you're going to love it. No, absolutely. You are going to love it. It's available everywhere you guys can find podcasts, with that, whether that be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. The video stream to this show is also available on our YouTube channel and you can find all of those links all of them in our Instagram bio at down dot to the wire again at down dot to the wire. Thank you guys so much for listening. And from DTW, I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Tyler Stringfellow. And we hope you guys have a great night. Take care and peace. Have a good one. Out. WJMF Radio.